Welcome, everyone, to Wellbeing Wednesdays. I am your host, Courtney Weaver, um, the director over at WellWVU here at West Virginia University. I'm all by my lonesome today, uh, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, so that means that you just get to hear me talk about something for the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, and the thing we're going to talk about today is the social determinants of health. So for the past couple of episodes, we've made reference to what this is, but I figured that I would take the opportunity today to give everyone a little background information on the social determinants of health and why they're so important to recognize and discuss. So uh, hopefully it won't be too boring. I'm sorry in advance if it is, uh, but I try and make things fun. So fingers crossed that it'll work this time. Um, So a lot of the information that I got today is actually from um, an initiative called Healthy People 2020. It's actually sponsored by the government. um, And the point of it is to provide science-based 10-year national objectives that improve the health of all Americans. So it's actually been running for three decades and has established benchmarks and monitored progress over time in order to encourage collaborations across communities, empower individuals toward making informed health decisions and measuring the impact of prevention activities. So like any kind of organization, it has a mission and a vision, but it also has some overarching goals. Um, So I'm going to review, they have four different goals. So the first is to attain high quality, longer lives, free of preventable disease, disability, injury, and premature death. The second one is to achieve health equity, eliminate disparities, and improve the health of all groups. The third is to create social and physical environments that promote good health for all. And then the fourth is to promote the quality of life, healthy development, and healthy behaviors across all life stages. So I mentioned Healthy People 2020 quite a bit. And that's because that what sprung from that was actually the Healthy Campus 2020 initiative. And we use that pretty much constantly uh, to justify a lot of what we provide in terms of programs and services at WellWVU and in health promotion really across the country. So Healthy Campus 2020 is an initiative that is sponsored by the American College Health Association and has um, objectives that are specifically for college students, faculty, and staff. So you should check it out if you're interested. You can just Google it. Um, but anyway, uh, let's go back to the third overarching goal of Healthy People 2020, which is creating social and physical environments that promote good health for all. So this is really where the social determinants of health and the physical determinants of health come in. We're going to talk actually about both of them, even though I just said social determinants in the title, but that's okay. Um, So the underlying gist of this is that our health is not only determined by eating a balanced diet, staying active, and getting the necessary health screenings, which are all very individual, um, but it's also determined in part by access to social and economic opportunities. So this includes resources and supports that are available in our homes, neighborhoods, and communities. It includes the quality of our schools, the safety of our workplaces, the cleanliness of our water, food, and air, and the nature of our social interactions and relationships. So at the end of the day, basically it's saying that resources that can enhance our resources that enhance our quality of life can have a significant influence on population health outcomes. So what are they? What are the social determinants of health? So something that Healthy People 2020 has is a, a graphic. It's kind of like a web. 
So in the middle of the web, we just have the word social determinants of health. And then there are five bubbles that explain the different categories that things fall under. Um, that are considered to be social determinants of health. So the five categories are economic stability, education, neighborhood and built environment, uh, health and healthcare, and social and community context. So now let's run through in some examples. Uh, and these examples can fall into any of those five different categories. So. The first, um, availability of resources to meet daily needs. So this can include safe housing and it can also include local food markets. So as you might remember from last week, if you listen, I'm assuming that everyone is a um, dedicated listener. Um, so <laughs> we talked about food insecurity last week. Um, now, as we all know, eating a balanced diet is critical for the health of our bodies. So if we live somewhere that's a food desert where, you know, there's not a, there's no availability of fresh fruits and vegetables, we don't have access to them with, that are so critical and that can have a detrimental effect on our health. Um, another example is access to educational, economic, and job opportunities. I think that one's fairly self-explanatory. Um, access to healthcare services is a third example. Um, so is there an accessible hospital that is well-funded and staffed with trained professionals within the community, uh, you know, so that anyone can access it and get that needed medical care? A uh, fourth example is the quality of education and, and job training. So are the schools in the community properly funded? Are teachers adequately resourced? Are classroom sizes manageable? These are all questions that we need to ask ourselves. Uh, for job training, is that uh, training readily available and provided for jobs that pay a living wage? Uh, another example is availability of community-based resources in support of community living and opportunities for recreational and leisure time activities. So for example, are there youth sports leagues available? Um, are there faith-based programs for those who choose that? Are there clubs and organizations uh, for all folks, young and old, available for members of the community? Uh, another example is transportation options. So is there reliable and affordable public transportation available? So that could include buses, subways, trains. I know there's like bike sharing programs. Down in Florida, there was a scooter sharing program, um, but that kind of got out of hand. So that's probably not a great example. Uh, then we have public safety. It's always important. Uh, social support is another determinant. Social norms and attitudes, so uh, that includes discrimination, racism, and then distrust of the government. Then we have exposure to crime, violence, and social disorder. Uh, so that can include the presence of trash in the community or a lack of cooperation in a community. Then we have our socio socioeconomic conditions, I can speak, uh, which can include concentrated poverty and the stressful conditions that accompany living in poverty. Uh, we have residential segregation. Uh, some people might be familiar with the term gentrification, but uh, that can fall under that. Language and literacy is another determinant. Um, access to mass media and emerging technologies. So that can include cell phones, the internet, uh, and social media. And then we have culture. Now those were all social determinants of health. It's not necessarily an exhaustive list, but then we also have our physical determinants of health. And I'm going to run through this list and I think you'll, you'll be able to sort of 
see the theme that runs through these. So we have our natural environment, which is our green spaces, so trees and grass, but this also includes our weather patterns. Um, so climate change can fall under that as well. Um, our built environment, such as buildings, sidewalks, bike lanes, and roads, uh, work sites, schools, and recreational settings, housing and community design, exposure to toxic substances and other physical hazards, uh, physical barriers. So this is especially important to remember for people with disabilities. So are buildings accessible for those who have to use a wheelchair? Um, then we have aesthetic elements. So that means like good lighting, trees and benches. And so this is important because lighting is often associated with feelings of safety. So these physical determinants are really things that we have either built or things that are naturally there. Um, and so basically at the end of the day, we want to establish policies and practices that have a positive influence on social and economic conditions and those that support changes in individual behavior. So if we do this, that means that we can improve health for large numbers of people in ways that can be sustained over time. And I think these are important because the social and physical determinants of health help us to describe health as a holistic concept as opposed to simply individualistic. So it's not just can someone eat a balanced diet, work out at the gym, um, make sure that they're going to the doctor for their annual physical, getting their vaccinations. Um, that does have an effect on our health, but also our policies and systems have a great effect on it. And to promote good health for all, we need to work towards a more equitable and justice-based um, system. So looking at our uh, well-being snapshot, hopefully that all wasn't too dreary for you. Uh, I'm sorry that I, I don't have someone to, to chat with today. Usually that makes it a little bit more exciting. Um, but for our well-being snapshot today, let's look specifically at um, the social determinant of health of availability and access to emerging technologies. So remember, that had to do with like cell phones, the internet, and social media. So what we saw with the pandemic um, back in March as we shifted uh, our learning strategies to being remote, we saw many students, I mean, not just students here at WVU, but K through 12 students and university students across the country struggle to complete coursework because of their lack of access to like safe and reliable internet, for example. And sometimes we assume things about everyone, that everyone has a smartphone, everyone has access to the internet, etc. And like, we shouldn't do that. Um, luckily, we saw many schools who worked innovatively to provide the necessary tools that their students needed. So that included cultivating a list of internet hotspots. Um, some schools were able to provide computers or tablets to their students so they could complete the coursework. I even read about um, schools that actually expanded their wireless networks to include the parking lots um, so that students could work safely from a vehicle if they didn't have reliable internet um, at their home residence. So <laughs> hopefully again, I, I mentioned this last week, but with this pandemic, there are a lot of things that more light was shed on. And I, it's my hope that we can look at these inequities and actually work towards long lasting and sustainable solutions for those. Uh, and if that's the one good thing that comes out of this pandemic, then hey. Um, <laughs> but I think that'll do it for me today. It's a little less than 12 minutes, but you know what? I'm going to cut y'all a break today. Um, but thank you once again for listening. Again, my name is Courtney. 
And that's all she wrote, folks. Uh, I hope you tune in next time for Wellbeing Wednesdays.